All right, the Pelicans released their schedule Thursday, so is it easy? Hard. I'll tell you everything you need to know, plus answer your questions in today's live episode of Locked On Pelicans. Let's go. You are Locked On Pelicans, your daily New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome to another edition of Locked On Pelicans, the daily podcast covering your favorite team, the New Orleans Pelicans and NBA, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day, available wherever you get your podcasts and available on YouTube. I'm your host, Pelicans Insider, credential member of the media, Jake Madison, at Nola Jake on Twitter, here with y'all on another live Thursday episode of Locked On Pelicans. We do these every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central in the offseason while we are three days Days a week, Monday, Wednesday, live show, Thursday. It's got a perfect timing, isn't it? Here I see the people in the chat, everyone's saying hello. I love y'all joining me here. Perfect, because the Pelicans and the NBA just released the schedule for the upcoming season. I got some stats you need to know on this. Is this an easy schedule for the Pelicans? A hard schedule for the Pelicans? What are the kind of like the secret numbers that you want to know when it comes to the Pelicans upcoming season. So thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. If you want to support the channel, comment down below on YouTube and become an everydayer. Jake Warren in the chat, I see it right there. Let's get it everydayer. And it's a lot of fun here with y'all live. So become an everydayer. Listen Monday through Friday when we get back to it at the start of training camp for the Pelicans. For your second listen today, Locked On Saints. Ross Jackson, one of my good friends now, breaking down everything black and gold. And today, we're going to break down the Pelicans schedule for the first segment. We'll keep answering your questions throughout more. And hopefully, just hopefully, the power doesn't go out in the middle of the show like it did last week. But we made it 30 minutes, which was pretty good. Joshua says, Jake, my man. Hello, dude. Thanks for being here. Shinev 08, Thirsty Thursday Live. Yeah, why not? Um, although I have like a water here. Nola G, what up, Jake? Let's go, pals. Heck yeah. Trail Mountain says, I can't wait for the Pelicans versus Timberwolves. That should be a great matchup. Joe Silver just says, I love you, Jake. I love you too, dude. Um, so let's get into this. Looking at the Pelicans schedule, this is a, a little bit interesting compared to seasons in the past because when you look at it particularly if you look at it in the blue and the red kind of like segmented out one it's a lot of blocks of home games road games home games road games and it's not so much like one home one road one home one road which is to kind of minimize a lot of the travel this is something that the pelicans have been trying to do or the the nba has been trying to do to kind of limit you know, the amount of time that you're spent on planes, on road and, and things like that. And, you know, my first initial reaction to seeing the Pelican schedule is honestly, it's like fairly balanced, borderlining on like somewhat advantageous. When you look at the pure strength of schedule, they're kind of like right in the middle. They're right in that middle third. Balanced, as I had said. When you look at things like the back-to-backs that they're going to have, they have 13 back-to-backs this season. That's tied for the lowest in the league. You're either doing 13 back-to-backs, 14. When you look at advantage, so days where they actually have a true rest advantage versus their opponent, they have 12 of those. That's the top third of the league. The rest disadvantages are 10, which is kind of putting them right in the middle of the pack with everything. So you look at this, 
okay, it's kind of like a balanced schedule, I think, which is kind of nice. You know, they have a ton of games at home to start the year, including a six-game homestand right off the bat, essentially, in the first you know month of November. That's great. They don't have horrifically bad road trips. There's a five-game road trip in the beginning of January, you know, at Sacramento, at Golden State, at Denver, and then two games against Dallas, which is kind of hard. But given, you know, the schedule and the way it's laid out with all of those home games, you know, you're, you, you open the season on the road at Memphis, no John Morant in that one. Then you're at home versus New York, at home versus Golden State, on the road at OKC, then home versus Detroit, home versus Atlanta, at Denver, at Minnesota, at Houston, which is one of the tournament games, versus home versus Dallas, second game at home versus Dallas, you know, Denver, Minnesota, Sacramento, Sacramento, two games against Dallas, two games against Sacramento, Denver and Minnesota at home in a six game home stretch like those become much more winnable when you're able to sleep in your bed every single night so looking at it I feel pretty good that they could get off to a pretty hot start I think you know you don't want to read too much into things you don't want to look at that game at Memphis if you blow them out or versus uh, the Knicks or Golden State at home as true tests of the team but when you start to get to that six game home stretch then followed up with a couple of road games at the Clippers, at Utah uh, twice, that's when you're going to start to kind of, I think, see like what this team is. Do they have enough chemistry to get off, you know, with the jump of everything? Or is this a still going to be a little bit of a work in progress with what their offense is? The first couple of games, it's going to take them a minute to find their way. But I do think that this schedule looks kind of at least like it, it's not hard. Let's put it that way. It's not a hard schedule. It's not an easy schedule. It's fairly balanced. You know, the one issue is they do tend to travel a lot. Miles traveled is rough. That's also from New Orleans being in the Western Conference. And if you watch the What If episode on Wednesday, we talked about what it would look like if they were in the Eastern Conference. They have the one, two, three, four, five, six, seventh most miles traveled this season. 44,331 miles traveled this season is seventh most. You know, when you look at Toronto, who travels the fewest miles, 34,027, uh, 34, so it's about 10,000 miles less. Not that that's a big deal. NBA teams fly charter, you know, not commercial and have specialized planes and all of that. They... Still would be nicer to be in the Eastern Conference. That's kind of the one thing that you look at this and you're like, oh, okay, that's not great. But other than that, it's fairly balanced. So I'm curious what, what y'all think here. What are some of the big games that you are excited to see? Let me know in the comments and we can shout them out here on the show. Trail Mountain said that first matchup versus the Timberwolves should be a good one. Look, they love going at Rudy Gobert, and after that game at the end of last season, which was not great, it would be nice to grab that win at home on November 18th against the Minnesota Timberwolves. The stretch that does worry me is the end of the season. You know, if they're borderline playing tournament team, sixth seed, fifth seed, something like that, you know, you finish with five tough games and four of them on the road you're at phoenix at portland that one's winnable at sacramento at golden state and then you finish the season home versus the lakers for everything so far though they still are going to add i think some games there but that stretch and that's due to the the tournament and all of those things that stretch is not ideal and you could conceivably see them going 0-5 there. And that's the type of thing that worries me 
a little bit here. Jake Warren says mine's either OKC or the Suns or Spurs would be cool to see Wemby versus uh, Zion. Yeah, those are going to be some games there. Joshua says, as always, the Lakers games are like playoff games and hopefully Zion plays. Chris Paul, Draymond, uh, Draymond Green and the Warriors. That's always going to be a big one, too, especially early on in the season. Um, so, yeah, that I think is one of those things where it's going to be tough some of those games for everything but it's uh it's gonna be fun to kind of start to kind of plan everything out and so I'm excited that the schedule is released like I said it's not bad it's not the worst I've seen it's not the best schedule out there and when you look at some other teams it's like man that would be kind of cool if you had say one of the easiest ones which by the way Denver Nuggets have the easiest strength of schedule in terms of like opponent winning percentage from last season. That's not ideal. The Spurs actually have the toughest. So does Houston. And one thing to note when it comes to strength of schedule is good teams actually tend to have an easier strength of schedule. Bad teams from the year before also tend to have a harder strength of schedule because they're not playing themselves. The toughest strength of schedule is the Spurs, the team that had the number one overall pick. You know, the Pelicans, when you do strength of schedule like this, get four games against the Spurs who were bad last year. That's going to make your strength of schedule easier. The Denver Nuggets have an easy strength of schedule because they were the one seed in the West and they don't have to play themselves. So, can, you know, in theory, they don't have to play the one seed ever. Does that make sense? So that's something to kind of keep in mind when they release, you know, all of this. But as a lot of y'all are saying here, Health is extremely important. And health actually factors into something with the schedule too. Something that doesn't surprise me and we'll talk about in the next segment here because this has been a theme when you look at the Pelicans' odds on places like um, different, like FanDuel and other betting sites. And let's get into that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked On Pelicans. And speaking of FanDuel, I'm excited to tell you about what FanDuel's got going on right now. Because football season is about to kick off and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you can get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. So you just pick any team to win the Super Bowl and you get bonus bets for every victory. So if you think the Saints are going all the way and they go 10-7, and seven, you're going to get bonus bets on t- every one of those 10 wins. And you can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sportsbook. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn, the official sports betting partner of LockedOn. So let's keep talking about the schedule here. And of course, thank you for making Locked On Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday, Wednesday, Friday in the offseason doing the live shows for you every Thursday at 7 p.m. Central. These will probably go away during the regular season and when we get back to five days a week. But these are fun right now. I love hanging out with y'all. So please put your questions in the chat. We'll get to them this segment and the next segment too. This kind of becomes your time. I usually plan out the first one and then we... Kind of just go wherever we go. So if you got trade targets, trade questions, questions about the schedule, throw them in the chat. If you're just an everydayer and you want to say hello, put it out there too. We'll read them out here on the show. So before we get to a few of your questions, you know, one thing to, that, that jumps out at you when looking at the schedule is the 
National TV schedule for the Pelicans. They're going to be on TNT and ESPN a total of six times this year. They have no games on ABC, you know, and they have a couple of other games, six more on NBA TV. So when you're looking at them right now, they are playing on national television a combined 12 times. Last year was 18. The year before that was 15. The pandemic year was weird, but then Zion's first year, it was 30. Notice this number's trending downwards. That's because people just don't believe in the Pelicans in their health. I've seen a number of you here in the chat say, as long as they're healthy, it's going to be fun, right? So hopefully they're healthy. As long as BI is healthy, I'm not worried. Is something Matt Harrison just said there. Inferno says health will be extremely important for the back end of the schedule, right? Kevin Byer says we need to earn our way into the playoffs. Every team technically does that. Um, Gavin Mayo says just hope Z is healthy, right? You see the the theme right there, and it's been the theme the entirety of the offseason. Just they got to be healthy, and people don't believe that they will be right now at all. When you look at their Vegas odds, the over-under seems low. And I think that it's Vegas building in. We don't, we don't trust this team too much. That is nervous, right? Like that's not something that is great. You know, it's a little terrifying. You know, we feel like Zion will turn a corner. It definitely feels like he has this offseason. But will he? You know, is, is Brandon Ingram going to suffer an injury and deal with that? Um, I Pelican says Alvarado was out the end of the last season too. Yeah, and they're not letting him play in FIBA, the World Cup right now for Puerto Rico, which he definitely wanted to do. So no one, I don't know, there is... There's like an angle, and it's probably something that I will do a show on of like, no one believes in the Pelicans right now, right? Kind of everyone outside of New Orleans, very few people do, but like no one believes in the Pelicans right now. Vegas doesn't, and only six six games on national TV. We're not going to count the NBA TV games, right? That's them basically saying, we don't believe in you. We don't think we're going to get Zion playing if we put him on ESPN or TNT, because he's going to be out injured. If they thought that he was going to be on national, you know, playing, they'd be on national TV more. Willie Thomas says, every time last year the Pels were on national TV, somebody was hurt and the league got tired of it. Yes. Yes. Ferno says, also, CJ was hurt to end of the season. You can tell it was affecting him. Yes. Also, great, great schedule release video. Great schedule release video, uh, video with using uh, CJ... 2.0 or CJ number two, whatever it was they called. That was great. Like great job by the team. I love all the social media work the Pelicans do, all the video department and everything, kind of all of that like media side of things. They have been killing it. And I love that. CJ video release was good. They're hyping CJ up this year. If I'm I'm looking at what they had sent in the PR email to me, and it's got that season schedule, right? The one where it's blue, red are home games, blue are on the road. The only player you get one picture of on here is CJ McCollum. They're hyping CJ up for sure. They believe in him, and I think that's one of those things that makes you go like, oh, okay. We see what they're doing here. Joshua says, Jake, how come we haven't played on Christmas in over three years? I find it annoying. I want to, I want to watch us play a Christmas game here in New Orleans. You know, it's what we're saying here. Team 
when they've been on national TV, has face planted because they don't have guys playing. If you want to play on national TV, you need to make sure, if you want to be on Christmas Day, Zion Williamson needs to be playing on Christmas Day. And I don't think people believe he will be yet, or they've got to kind of just prove it, right? This is, in a sense, a prove it year for the New Orleans Pelicans. So if they come out and they stay healthy this year, if they get into the postseason, they will be on national TV a ton next year. This is a prove-it year. If they don't, we need to re- they need to reevaluate everything. They need to look at potentially trading guys like Zion Williamson, Brandon Ingram, others. Because then it just hasn't worked. So that's why they're not on a Christmas Day game. Also, they wouldn't put a Christmas Day game in New Orleans. Like, you need to earn that, and they haven't earned that yet. And the league and their broadcast partners are probably just fed up with not getting what they expect from this team, just as we all are, too, I think, right? So that's how it kind of goes. Joe Silver says, we only get one question to ask. I don't want to be rude. No, no, ask all all the questions. You can keep throwing your questions in there. Just the only thing I ask on these live streams is don't be a jerk and don't spam the chat. If you keep posting the same question in there, it's easier to just kind of like block you, mute you, ban you from the channel than it is to try and like moderate a chat right now. So I'm going to take the easier way out right now as I try and do everything myself. There's no assistance or anything like that. So ask the questions you want. I may or may not get to it, but you're welcome to ask kind of whatever you want out there with all of those. I Pelican says, look at those 10 games, Jake. What do you think? I know we need to have a strong seating before that. Yeah, especially those final five. Like, they're tough. The final five with four of those being on the road against good teams, and you're right. You know, you have that homestand before it. Let's stretch it out to 11 games. You're at home versus OKC, at home versus Milwaukee, home versus Boston, home versus Phoenix, home versus Orlando, home versus San Antonio. Even that Orlando game might be tough. Then you're on the road for four games from April 7th to April 12th. So four games in five, six nights. The 7th at Phoenix, ninth at Portland trap game. Then a back-to-back at Sacramento at Golden State on the 11th and 12th before one day off. And then on the 14th to get the Lakers. Now I do think, and let me see if it's in the email. They're going to add games at the end of the regular season to for the teams that don't make the playing tournament, not the playing tournament, the, the NBA cup, the in-season tournament knockout rounds. So those games will be scheduled between bottom finishing. Let me that out later, but there's going to be some other games maybe like added in there. So that's something to kind of keep in mind too, that you might get a couple of extra games there and everything. So that's something to keep in mind when it comes to the schedule as well, so let's get into a couple of your questions here. Then we will um, jump into, I don't know, more of your questions in the next segment. That's all we're doing now. We're, we're kind of past what I had scheduled and, and everything. We can talk James Harden too with the Philadelphia 76ers. We can talk about other things here. Um, so give me your, your questions here. Joe Silver says, sorry, I love your beard. Any beard advice? I'm struggling to grow it. I love the show. I just let it do its thing and I just trim it down I really don't do much with the beard other than I don't like shaving so I grow it I trim it that's really it I don't do anything else 
Um, the beard game right now is strong, I guess. Uh, though in the, in the summer with how hot it is, man, there's been a day or two when I was like, I need to get rid of all of this here. Um, young Kilminati says, Jake, what Western Conference team takes a step back this year in your opinion? I like that question. I'm going to have to think of this one on the fly right here. You know, looking at them... If we look at, hold on, let me pull up last season and look at the the standings, which I can't remember off the top of my head. Like, I can see the Tim, the Timberwolves taking a step back. They're 42 and 40. They were in the play-in tournament. You know, that's a team that I, I just don't believe in, Rudy Gobert. You know, I love Anthony Edwards. I have questions about Carl Anthony Towns. You know, does even Utah, 37 and 45, be as good as they were last year? They have young talent there, carried by Larry Markkinen, but is that where they want to be necessarily? Could they try and make some changes? You know, the Memphis Grizzlies, 51 and 32, second in the West. They don't have John Morant for the first 20, 25 games of the season, whatever it is. That's something that, you know, really could be, a problem for them by the way which this is like a running joke and it's like kind of annoying at this point of NBA players making their return from injury or whatever against the Pelicans the first game John Moran is eligible to play for the Memphis Grizzlies guess who it's against y- you know it's that uh December 19th game at New Orleans home against the Minnesota uh, Memphis Grizzlies the first game John Moran can play back which like of of course, right? Just one of those things. And yeah, that is uh, not always fun when guys just keep making their returns against the Pelicans. Uh, Flight uh, Mizark says, nice shirt, Jake. I got the Joel Venile shirt on today. Wanted to rep Jose Alvarado. Love this one. It's the one that B.I. wore during the Rising Stars games. Uh, during the Rising Star game last year. All right, let's hit a quick break here, and then we're going to come back. More of your questions. We'll go for a while. I'm in no rush on anything, so that, your time to shine. So let's do that coming up here next in today's episode of Locked on Pelicans. And thank you for making Locked on Pelicans your first listen today and every day. We're here Monday through Friday, Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, live show, 7 p.m. We do these hanging out with y'all. This is a lot of fun. So please throw your questions in the chat. If you're an everydayer, way to support the channel. Thank you. And let me know in the comments down below. And if you've got a friend who doesn't listen to Locked on Pelicans, get them clued in to Locked on Pelicans here. So a couple quick shout outs before we jump more into your questions here. First, shout out to Rick, manager of the or general manager of the Orpheum Theater, who's a fan of Locked On Pelicans. Shout out to the guy who kind of flashed me his phone with the Locked On Pelicans uh, logo on it when I was on Tulane's campus today. I was talking to someone, he didn't want to bug me too much, but just kind of showed me. I was like, thanks, dude. That was really cool. Um, last live show, and I forgot this because of the power outage. Someone had said in the chat, and if you're in here, let me know that I had blocked you on Twitter, and it was probably deserved because I blocked you. If you're a jerk, I'm going to block you. Um, but asked very politely to be unblocked. So if you're in here, it was like a name and then a number or something. Let me know, and I'll unblock you on Twitter from that. So let me know if that was you here and you're in the chat today. Maybe, maybe not. Um, so I appreciate everyone being in here, being an everydayer if you are. So let's uh, get back into your questions here. Kevin Byer says he missed last week with a busted skull. 15 staples. My goodness, dude. 
happy and grateful to be back here. I'm happy that you're doing okay and back. Thank you for joining me right after recovering from that. I hope it's okay. Sky Neal says, hey, Jake, first live show. Love listening every day. Thank you. Like, thank you for being here. I appreciate it. Marco Villanueva says, hello, Jake Madison. Hello to you, Marco. Um, Matt Harrison says, hey, Jake, are you Jake 1 or Jake 2? You'll never know, but I'm definitely Jake one. Benoit Robinson, every day or let's go. Planning my trip to New Orleans for the Knicks game, the home opener. That's going to be a fun one. I'm excited for it. It's always great to be back in the Smoothie King Center. I like media day feels like back to school for me. I'm seeing a lot of like media friends that I haven't seen over the off season and things. So I'm excited to get back in there. We're only like a month away or so. It's going to be right around the end of September. So a little over a month here. Kevin says, want to see how the Pels compete against young athletic rosters, OKC, Houston, Jazz, Minnesota. Houston's going to be much improved. The Jazz proved troublesome last year. Same for the Oklahoma City Thunder. They beat them in the play-in tournament. Minnesota, as long as you rebound against them, I think that you are also going to be okay. That's, I think, a big one here. Uh, Lincoln says, this may sound silly, but I've been a Bucks fan for seven years, but should I, uh, should I drop them to support my hometown team? I'm from Louisiana. Look, Bucks are a fun team to root for. I won't lie. You know, that's, that's a personal choice there. The Pelicans, if they're healthy, should be fun. The question is if healthy and as that is a, uh, big, big thing here. Gavin Mayo says, is there any update with Bally sports still using them to watch the games? As far as I know right now, yes. You know, some teams are dumping their RSN. They're not dumping Valley Sports, I believe, at least in the NBA yet. It's happening in MLB and other areas. It just depends if things get paid and how those contracts work, right? With bankruptcy, sometimes things can just freeze everything. And you got to just kind of go along till like that legal process sorts itself all out. We'll see. As I had mentioned, and I've said many, many times, and I've done a number of shows on this, the Pelicans did consider bringing everything in-house at one point and even considered it last year before re-upping with Bally. So that I think is going to be eventually the future. And I think you'll eventually see the games follow a similar model to the Phoenix Suns where the team takes a hit on money, and they would be. By broadcasting the games over the air, say through Fox 8, which is likely what it would be is that's a partner. They've kind of tested that out in the past, right? They did it with the preseason game that was in Birmingham last year. So let's keep going through your questions here. Matt Aronson says, I'm out on Zion. If someone like Embiid becomes available, I'd trade him. If, if he's injured, it wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that's the thing, right? Like, that's the question. Are they going to be healthy or not? If they're healthy, this team's good. It's really that simple. If they're healthy and they're bad, fire everybody. But if they, they're healthy, they should be really, really good. Like, it's just kind of as simple as that, right? Like, that comes, I, I could do a whole show that's like, if they're healthy, they're good. All right, I'll see y'all later. And it's like a two-minute podcast. That's like some of the deepest, we can do all the deep analysis we want, but it comes down to that simple statement, I think. Not making my job easy with that being the case, but yeah, I think that's, you know, a thing. Um, that said the, says, what's good, champ? Hello to you, my man. Thank you for being here. Inferno says, I have no problem with CJ. You just want him to play off ball more and have better shot selection at times. You know, I think that'll happen with better health for the rest of the team. Brandon Ingram will be handling the ball then. Zion will be handling the ball then. I think you'll see Herb Jones handle the ball a little bit more too. Even some actions through other bigs like Jonas Valanciunas. It gets CJ off ball. I think his shooting will be more consistent. 
consistent as he's had time to just kind of recover from everything here. And it really, really affected him, as young Kilmanati says. That hand injury really affected CJ last year. Shot was just a hair off. You know, he also had a newborn. You know, and when you're taking care of your newborn baby, you're not sleeping as well. If you look at Drew Brees' career in New Orleans, there have been a couple of down years. They also, like, coincide with him having a new kid. Not sleeping as much, that kind of has an impact on you. So that's some of the the issues with it. So I think this year, hopefully, that's all just a little bit better. Uh, Joshua says, who do you think has some has the most approved this season on our team outside of Zion. You know, it could be CJ. I think it's also maybe like a guy like Herb Jones too, to justify the, you know, the $54 million contract he got. He needs to go out and shoot the ball better than he did. Hopefully he can keep up the form from post all-star break where he shot above 40% from three. That was really, really good. If he does that, like everything will be fine. So I hope that's what we're going to end up seen there joe silver says also any city edition jersey details i've given those out on the show go watch one of the old live shows it'll be different i don't love don't love what i've seen but i you know i'm seeing it on kind of this sheet that's like what they lay out for things so i think you'll i don't know we'll have to see how they look like in person and i'm going to be kind of curious as i said there's some things that are going to be different about it i believe with some of the other things around the league and, and everything like that. James Corby says, what's the, what's the chance that the Pels make a trade for a center? You know, this also is not just makes a trade for a center, but it's trades away Jonas Valanciunas, right? I think they're looking to do that. We know Jonas Valanciunas has kind of been available. They'd like to have a center that maybe Willie Green likes a little bit more, that maybe fits a little bit more with the rest of their roster. So they will go out and try and do something what that is yet I don't know it also might be that they try and dump JV and go cheap at the center position like could you get away with playing Cody Zeller like 11 minutes a half 10 minutes a half as your spot starter and then kind of filling the rest of those minutes with Larry Nance Jr. like maybe maybe I don't necessarily think that's the best way to go but you could and if the Pelicans don't want to pay the luxury tax and you just have to dump Jonas Valanciunas because you can't dump Kyra Lewis Jr. Like that, I think that's in theory a way that they could do, do things there. This ties into Garrett Anthony's question of, do you think we're rolling with JV now that we're deep into the off season? I think for now, this is the roster that you're going to have. I don't see a big move coming, but I do think that's, you know, eventually something they're trying to kind of change. Matt Harrison says, the Kings, I think, won't be as good. I'm not sure. I think they're a very good regular season team, but a team that could struggle in the postseason as they kind of did against the Golden State Warriors. Sabonis is not a great like postseason big man, I think. De'Aaron Fox takes them pretty far, though. Um, but I think they're still going to be good in the regular season. You know, their offense was very legit last year. They have very, very good role players. Um, that team's just kind of fun to watch uh i pelican says do you think jv is a top 10 center in the league i do he's top five in pelican's history why does everyone want him gone i mean it's not that everyone wants him gone so much with like he's a he's not they don't want him gone because he's a bad player he just doesn't fit what the team is doing i don't think he's a top 10 center in the league you know a top 20 maybe maybe but also do you need to invest heavily 
in that position on a team with Zion, with Ingram, with CJ, with Trey Murphy. You just don't need a center that needs to be a high usage guy. And unfortunately, he is. It doesn't mean he's a bad player. It's just not maybe the right fit. Um, James Corby sticking with the center theme here. Where did that question just go? Hold on. I've got to jump back to it. Uh, but basically it was like, I, I just lost it here. I don't know why the chat just scrolled. That was kind of annoying. Um, James Corby asked something about Rudy Gobert kind of fitting in with the team here. So for keeping in the center theme, like, no, I would not trade for Rudy Gobert. Like, sure, he fits. He's he's a defensive monster. I just clicked on the Jazz to look up his salary, and that is not who he plays for anymore because they traded him away for way too many first-round picks. But when you look at him as like, is he a good player in the locker room? I'm not so sure. You know, is that a guy you want to commit massive amounts of money to? No. Here's what he's making this year. So when you ask about Rudy Gobert, you've got to factor in his contract. $41 million this year. 43.827 next year. And then he's got a player option in 2025-26 for $46.655 million. Like, no thank you. Don't want that at, at, at all, to be perfectly honest with you. Um, James Corby had said, thinking Jonas and Picks would get it done. Like, yeah, I'm sure they'd like to move off from him, but you also are going to need way more than Jonas Valanciunas. There's, you need to get close to $40 million to kind of make that work. And... I have no desire for this team to go deep, 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 deep into the luxury tax for Rudy Gobert. Like, no, I'm good. Marco Villanueva says, uh, what's your win-loss uh, prediction with the schedule, Jake? You know, I, I, I don't really do it based off of, like, the schedule and looking at it. That doesn't change the win-loss. We knew the teams that they were going to play. You play every East Coast, Eastern Conference team once at home, once on the road. Then you play some Western Conference teams four times, some three. The win-loss record I have them right around is like 47 wins. 47, 48 wins I think is about right. I think they're going to be right around the fourth or fifth seed in the Western Conference if they have like health. That comes down to with everything. Matt Harrison says, what do you think BI playing with guys for Team USA will help to recruit guys or make them want to get traded to us? No, I don't think that'll do much. You know, unless you're one of those glamour markets, they don't tend to want to go for that. The Pelicans only have so much they can do as well in terms of trading for some of those guys. They're not going to be able to sign any of those guys in free agency ever. So I don't think that it'll do much. I think, if anything, the Team USA experience is just good for BI to come into the season, you know, kind of firing on all cylinders and being, you know, like right up there with everything. So that's, that's I think, the biggest thing here. Uh, Smurf Takeoff says, will knockout round in the season tournament games affect our divisional games? Like if we play a divisional team, does it affect the standings? All of the in-season tournament, the NBA Cup games, are just regular season games that mean a little bit more and also do something else. So the only, every game you play is a game you would have played on your schedule anyway, and you're just playing it at that other time, essentially. So that's why they don't have, that's why when you look at the schedule, it's 80 games. It's 80 games not 82, because they're going to need to add two games in depending on what happens. So, yes, that, and that's also why the, the, the tournament ends early, you know, before the middle of December, because then you haven't played some of those other games. They were very smart with their, like, the scheduling and things to make this work. Only the teams that make the finals play an extra game that doesn't count towards the standings, and I don't think that is that big of a deal 
here. Uh, Links Da Vinci says, do you think the Pels should sign Jamichael Green as a stretch five? Like, I mean, really, they shouldn't be signing anybody right now because they're so they're $2.93 million into the luxury tax. So I don't think that that's what they should be be doing. Is he is he even available at this point or is he signed yet? I'm trying to think and I can't remember where he is right now and it's not coming up on on anything which is kind of annoying here so um I'm not sure you know I wouldn't make a move right now until they kind of figure out what else they need to do with everything um big pabs of Jake you should do a top five show on top five players with wasted potential I actually love that like I love that yes that will be a show at some point or like a segment of a show. I don't know if I want to spend like 20 minutes doing that because it's kind of depressing. But like, yeah, we can definitely make a top five list of players who didn't like reach their potential but had a ton of potential with the Pelicans. I like that one. That's a great, great question here, I think. Uh, Willie Thomas says, when do we pay Trey? Does his pay increase coincide with the salary cap bump so it won't be so bad? Uh, I mean, yes and no. They're, they're doing salary cap smoothing. So instead of a big spike like you saw that one year that allowed the Golden State Warriors to sign... Kevin Durant, it's going to be kind of more like linear on a line like that instead of like that. So it's going up. That'll help. But a lot of these salaries are still going to go up proportionally. So does it truly matter? Like Trey's going to get the max that he can get. He's going to get the bag. So that creates a salary cap crunch crisis again for the New Orleans Pelicans, which is something to keep an eye on. It's why I've been talking about it going as far back as the trade deadline here. Uh, James Corby, we answered a question from earlier. Fan of the show from Perth, Australia. All the best for the show. Thank you so much for tuning in around the world here, which is pretty great. Um, VB Pels, uh, Saints Pell Lady. Hey, Jake, thanks for the live show. When the schedule was released, I received my Pels weekend package tickets along with an invite to buy single game tickets. Are Pels, not, uh, are Pels tickets not selling? No, they're selling. They always do, for people who have like packages and things, they always do like a pre-sale special. I have season tickets too, and I have a like the special like link, your single game pre-sale. So it's kind of before it goes to the general public, they give people who, you know, like have invested in the team in a sense, uh, a chance to buy more, you know, other tickets to games that they want. Gavin Mayo, what is your starting lineup if you're Willie Green? If I'm Willie Green, like, is that the question of what's Willie Green going to do or what I would do? I mean, the question of the starting lineup is, does Trey start or does Herb Jones start? CJ's locked in, Ingram's locked in, Zion's locked in. Jonas is locked in. It's just Trey or Herb. And we're going to do a whole show on that. That's not something we want to try and jam in here 40 minutes into this episode. Peace to Woke says we're winning 45 games. Like, yeah, that makes sense. Like, I, I think that's a, a very reasonable number. I think it could be more than that. It could be less if they're not healthy, too. Jake Warren says, I think we can be over 50 if we're healthy for a good chunk of the season. Like, yeah. If they're really good, if they're really healthy, this team is going to win a lot of games, or they should win a whole lot of games here. Um, D says, not looking forward to having to look at games on Ballet Sports. Love the commentators, but the streaming service isn't good. I think it's gotten better, to be perfectly honest. They upgraded their cameras. They made it look better. There's just not like much else there. 
you know, I'd, I'd even talk to them about adding content and doing some work for them. And they want to kind of keep things bare bones and just you log on, watch the games and that's it. There's no other like additional content in the app, which I think is wasted potential, but that's their choice. And I kind of, given the financial issues, I guess, kind of get it with everything. Um, so there you go. Nola G says, Mr. Everydayer here, every datter here. Who all have you seen working out, and do you think those players seem more focused than usual this time around? I mean, I think everyone's pretty focused. Like, Zion's definitely been here working out and is around the facility more, around the people more, let's say, even if, you know, a number of the other players aren't here. You also have Trey Murphy and Herb Jones working with the USA Select team. Like, they're putting in the run and doing work. I think people are taking things very seriously this season. You know, again, this season is very much a prove-it year for the Pelicans. So hopefully that's what the, you know, these guys then like go out and actually <laughs> uh, do it. Jake Warren says, I would eat the world's hottest pepper before I would start Cody Zeller. Like be careful there, man. Let's see what happens with, with all of that. But no, like I think you can do it and get away with just kind of a cheap starting center that grabs rebounds, sets some screens, plays like a little bit of defense. That's kind of just what you need there. Like you don't need too much at the center position from this team. You need, you need rebounding. And that's kind of the biggest thing. Guy like Jared Allen's going to give you rebounding rim protection and like dunks works for me. Doesn't need really the ball in his hands for everything. So like, I love the, you know, love a guy that we could get like that. Not always the easiest thing. Kevin Byers says, Jake, your viewer, listener interactions, top notch. Thank you. This show is for y'all. Like just you. That's why we do this. You know, my show goes like pretty consistent. It's about 24 minutes. Like every episode we're up to almost 45 minutes here in the show because I want to hang out with y'all really kind of as simple as, uh, that Noel G says, Jake, don't sleep on Sacramento in the postseason. D Fox was hurt. Yeah, but certain teams pre present like really bad matchups for Sabonis. And I think that's what scares me about them. If they get the right matchups, they'll be good. But like the one wrong matchup, even in the first round, if they're the higher seed, could really kind of tank them. And I think that's something that concerns me. Uh, Mindy says, Jake, have you watched Team USA play in FIBA? And what do you think of the team? Like they're going to be good. They should win. Should be should be the gold medalists and everything, you know, the top team in the World Cup. The only issue I really see for them is Jaron Jackson Jr. is their defensive anchor. He should thrive with FIBA rules, which has no defensive three-second violations, so he can just kind of chill in the paint, right? He's defensive player of the year for a reason. If he gets into foul trouble, like, what do they do? And he does commit some really dumb fouls at times. So as long as Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't get into foul trouble, that Team USA on FIBA is going to be really good. You're not going to see Brandon Ingram kind of like star, star on it. And he's kind of like filling like an everyman role, doing a little bit of everything. But they're going to be fine and be good just as long as Jaron Jackson Jr. doesn't get into foul trouble. That's like really what I think it comes down to with uh, that Team USA thing. Matt Harrison says, if Ink gets fed up of Minnesota coming to New Orleans, would probably be an improvement. Going anywhere that Rudy Gobert isn't is going to be an improvement probably here. Um, Jeremy Priola says, feels like CJ is similar to JV in that he's a high usage guy taken away from our true studs, B.I. and Zion. Any chance we would use CJ as a six-man and start Dyson for more of a true point guard? 
No, not yet. Maybe one day, but not right now. You know, I think, again, don't run CJ kind of as a point. Let Brandon Ingram initiate the offense, Zion initiate the offense, and you kind of just go from there and let him work off ball, be a catch-and-shoot guy, kind of drive, get into the mid-range, get his shot off, but not having him try and just limit his usage a little bit, I think. Um, So that's something that I think eventually might start to happen. I think that'll be the plan this year, too. He's also very good off ball, and they're adding a much more motion-based, movement-based offense. So he should kind of be in just better position than trying to do all the isolation stuff that he did last year, which is how the Pelicans ran their offense with everything. Matt Harrison says, sorry for all the questions. It's okay. All y'all can ask all the questions y'all want. What kind of package would you do from Bede? I think Zion, JV, Kyra, and four first-round picks would do it. Uh, you, you probably need more. You probably need to include Herbert Trey in there. This is the league MVP. It's the league MVP. Certainly Zion would be involved, but you need another thing and basically all the picks that they could throw in there. I don't know if you do that yet, but we're probably going to do a show on it at some point, and that's certainly uh, the thing. So, yeah. Um, Smurf takes off right. The gap in the schedule threw me off because how could they just throw in two teams uh, to the schedule and make it somewhat out of balance? It's not. You would play those games anyway. You would play those games anyway. That's why this is done early. You do this before the season is more than halfway done, so you kind of get this out of the way early, and that is why you'd have to play those games anyway. So you just kind of add them in and need to to do it. Um, Saints Bucks same day as Pell's Lakers on New Year's Eve. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> like gonna be a fun day for everything. Um, do you? Uh, Nology says, do you think that a move away from Bally's will result in the organization keeping Joel and AD? Love those guys. Yes, they are very safe. They'll be wherever the broadcast is. Don't worry about them one bit. Kevin Byer says, Graf should be doing the local TV broadcast, local and more passionate. Everyone's good. I love Graf. We text all the time. Everyone's good, and I think everyone likes what they're doing. So we don't need to change any roles as long as everybody's happy here. And as far as I know, they absolutely are. So we don't need to change anything. Garrett Anthony says, Trey is the starter. He's shown to be available ever since he got drafted. Also the best shooter on the team. And you need more shooting around Zion, MBI, and CJ. More shooting is certainly a good thing, right? In the modern day NBA. So yeah, maybe. Like, look, yeah, maybe. I don't disagree. I think you'd easily make that argument on it. The defense is important too, though, that Herb gives you. And what can Herb do shooting the ball? If he shoots above 40%, I don't know. That's pretty good. Smurf takes off, says, if Trey doesn't start, he could be sixth man of the year. Maybe, maybe he's going to need to be a 20-point-per-game scorer for that. I don't know if he'll get that just with everything right. Like, you don't run, like, full lineup changes, right? You know, it's, it's called a rotation, not starters bench, right? Someone comes off the bench, goes in with the starters. Now you have four starters, one bench guy. Then you start to weave in another one and another one and another one. And then a starter comes back in. So, you know, when Trey's out there, it's not going to be like him and four bench guys. And it's like, Trey, do your thing. He's going to be playing with Zion, with B.I. There's only one ball. That, I think, is one of those things that can impact all of that when it comes to what some of these guys, you know, could do in terms of their numbers and things like that. All right, we have gone for, by my count here, 49 minutes and 11 seconds. So I think that's a good place to stop today's live episode of Locked on Pelicans. Thank you all so much for being in here with me. I love doing these. I love interacting with you. If you see me out in public, please say hi. 
Let me know if you're an everydayer in the comments down below. If you want to support the channel, become an everydayer. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube as well. Go Pels. The schedule's out. We get to kind of plan the next like six months of our lives. This is exciting. This is a whole lot of fun. Again, these live shows are done for you. That's why we do them. We'll keep doing them in the off season. So a couple more weeks of this. Remember, we are Monday, Wednesday, Thursday, 7 p.m. Thank you all so much, so, so much for being here with me. I love y'all. Y'all are great. This is like just so much fun. These are great. I love interacting with y'all. As always, this is the Locked On Podcast, uh, the Locked On Pelicans Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I am Jake Madison at Nola Jake on Twitter. I'll be back with y'all on Monday. We're going to do another top five countdown show. I don't know what it'll be yet. Maybe it'll be Wasted Potential. So if you've got a top five countdown episode you want to hear, let me know on Twitter, X, whatever it's called, at Nola Jake. Let me know in the comments down below on YouTube. I always read those. Thank y'all, and I'll see you all next week. <laughs>